0: If you have your Bibles with you, you can open them with me to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. You might be praying for our teens. Uh, A lot of them, uh, or I guess uh, some of them, are up at Lake Anne. Here's a picture of the ones that are up there on the winter retreat. We're so happy they get to do this. I should say, though, that I feel a special burden to pray for Isaac in particular I have the demands attention he is with some rowdies can you see Isaac there in the picture <laughs> I thought that was kind of a funny picture Sarah said I should share that so here's your homework for this week I will start with what who is on your heart that God would have you start with? Would it be your kids? Because you're like, man, they're just they're getting stuff wrong? Would it be your spouse? Like they're just just not quite just not quite there? Would it be friends? Would it be coworkers? Like they're just blinded by stuff? I can't see? Who is on your heart? Let's come all the way back, before we jump into Matthew chapter 7, let's come all the way back to um, the very beginning, where we started in Matthew chapter 5. This is all the way back in August. All the way back in August, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, which is Jesus' teaching... Uh, largest block of teaching that we have in the Bible. Uh, it goes five through, all the way through the end of chapter seven. And we started with this idea that Jesus is for your happiness. Now back then back, like back in August when we introduced this idea we said I know a lot of you disagree with this because you think happiness means cocaine and candy and Jesus is not for cocaine and candy like that's not what he wants for you. And I agree with you. But let me ask you this. Like, if you had a kid, would you want them to be happy? And I think what you mean by that is not that they're only ever going to eat cookies. Or not that they're never going to have to learn how to go on the potty. Or not that they're never going to have to do hard things. I think what you mean by that is they are... I'm for their well-being. And really, because I'm for their well-being, I'm going to ask them to do hard things and learn how to be okay with hard things because that is the path towards well-being and towards happiness. So this is what I mean by Jesus is for your happiness. He is for your well-being. And really, this has been, to me, the theme of the whole Sermon on the Mount. I mean, what is in here that isn't for your good? Would you be happier if you were more worried? (laughs) I mean, that's what we talked about last week was don't worry. And like, well, boy, I'm really missing out on happiness because of Jesus' command not to worry. When Jesus says, really, you could go to any part of it. Do not store up treasures on earth where they rot and are corrupted and where they get stolen. Is that, are you missing out on stuff because you're storing up treasures in heaven? Like all of it is for your well-being and for your happiness if you kind of look over the whole thing. So he's for your happiness. Now, what this means is we he comes to us. Like the big remember, the really big picture of the Sermon on the Mount is in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent means I am living right now like a my will-be-done life. I'm living for me, I'm living the way I want to live, how I want to live, I'm obeying me, like I am the center of my world. And repentance is when I repent. I turn around from that, and I say, I am going to follow Jesus instead. And this is really at the center of the Lord's Prayer. This is, like, this is like the whole Sermon on the Mount is summed up in, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So, I was living in my will-be-done life, and we talked about this with prayer. Sometimes what we try to do, if this is Jesus' chair, with prayer is we try to make Jesus do what we want Jesus to do, and we pray my will-be-done prayers. When the, Jesus taught us to pray, hallowed be your name, your, will be, your kingdom come, your will be done. So it's a repentance lifestyle. Because in order to, be, to have well-being or to be happy, we need to repent and obey. And so this is why it begins, the the process begins with blessed are the poor in spirit. Those who know they need this change. I mean, if you're self-righteous and you think you're right and everyone else is wrong, if you don't think you need Jesus, then you're not going to repent and you're not going to live for his kingdom. And it ends up with, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Righteousness and the kingdom of God. You see, those, these are the really big themes that are part of repentance. So after this, we said, so, if you do this, you will be different, as different as light is from darkness. And Jesus said that your righteousness, your right with godness, there's that word again, will exceed, it will be bigger than, broader than, deeper than that of the scribes and the Pharisees. You'll be different, different than anyone else around you. Different as salt is from meat. And then he gave six examples of being different. And we said, if you are different like this, you'll have different goals. And so you won't be motivated by what other people are thinking. So you're, you're the whole reason for your religious acts won't be so people can see you being religious. So Jesus, remember, he started with, don't do your acts of mercy before people. They might be, so they might be seen by them because if you do that, you'll have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. You'll have different goals, so you're not going to pray so that other people see you praying. You're going to pray to God who is in heaven. You're going to pray in secret because that's the only way to know. You're not praying to other people. And You're going to fast. When you fast, you're going to do that in secret. So Jesus said you're going to have different goals. You're not going to have the goal of storing up treasures here on earth. You're going to store up treasures in heaven. And you're not going to be motivated by fear. You're going to be motivated by the kingdom of heaven. So Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his right with Godness. And all these other things will be added unto you. So, you won't have the wrong goals, which would be I'm trying to impress you or I'm trying to store up treasures here or I'm just motivated by fear that I won't have enough, you'll have the right goal, which is righteousness. Now, let's say that you buy into this. Let's say somebody comes and says, you know what? They're right. Jesus really is for my well-being. I'm all in. I'm in. I'm going to start... Where do people usually start? Well, with maybe with their kids. Like you got to change. We're going to change. We're going to start obeying the Bible, and that means you got to change. Maybe they start with their spouse. You got to change. Maybe they start with their friends or the family. You got to change because we're going to be righteous. Where did Jesus say to say to start? This this is uh this is the new series. Next steps. Now that we've decided we're going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, let's talk about where to start. Here we are in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, and let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, this is your word. We're your people. Do your work in us. Stand in front of me while I'm in front of them. Talk over me while I talk to them. Do this for your glory's sake, for your kingdom, so your will is done. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Here we are, Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Jesus says, judge not that you be not judged. Now does that mean, this is like one of the most misunderstood verses in the entire Bible, the most quoted, least understood, because in just a couple of verses, Jesus will say, do not cast your pearls before a swine or give what is holy to dogs. Does Jesus say, have no discernment? Is that what this means? You know, in a little bit, Jesus is going to say, beware of the false prophets. Beware. There are wolves in sheep's clothing out there. Be careful. Is Jesus against discernment? Obviously not in context. So what can this mean? Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. So if you're going to them saying, you're wrong, this says you're wrong. Well, dad, are you doing it? Are they just following your example? Mom, is that what you're doing? Where would they learn that? For the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Okay, so if you're like, oh, oh, this says you're too short. This says you're not enough. Way too short. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Are you doing it? And why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye? But do not notice the log that is in your eye. Do you remember the last time we saw eyes in the Sermon on the Mount? Well, it was back in Matthew chapter 6 when we talked about laying up treasures here on earth rather than laying up treasures in heaven. It's about being blinded by greed or blinded by ambition or blinded by wrong priorities. And so you might look at them and say, hey, wait, wait, you are blinded by greed and ambition and wrong priorities, but then have the plank that is in your own eye. And you're like, hey, hey, I can help you with that. Come here a second. I can get that out. And Jesus is like, well, first, you have something you got to do first before you try to help them with that. Can you guess what it is? (laughs) Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye. You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye And then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Kind of see where we're going with this. Where does Jesus want us to start? He wants us to start with us. We get all amped up, you know, of like, this is, we got to do the right thing. We really got to do the right thing. And that means y'all are doing it wrong and y'all need to change. I'm going to put y'all on a budget. I'm going to put y'all, we're all going to start doing the right thing around here. And boy, I mean, I don't want you to make the same mistakes I made and you're doing it wrong and now you're going to do it right. And what does Jesus say? Well, wait, 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 stop, stop, stop. Are you obeying this? Before you do your work on them, have, has it done its work on you? How long how long did you do it wrong before God got a hold of you and you started to do it right? How long? Could you be that patient with them? Could you? You know like like if you're saying you guys don't measure up. You're you know you're not making enough money. You're not you're not doing stuff right. You're not enough. You're not finishing. You're not actually getting the stuff done that you say you're getting done. You're not keeping the promises that you say you're going to. You're not actually coming through. I mean, come on. You're always falling short. Well, do you follow through? Do you do everything you say you're going to do? I mean, you, you see what's wrong with them. That you, man, you got a speck in your eye? It must be miserable to have a speck in your eye. I've had a speck in my eye before. and I can't. Uh, so I'll tell you what, I could really try to help you with that speck. But do you have a log in your own eye? Jesus is saying... Please, start with you. Start with you for your sake. You don't want to be a hypocrite. None of you, I know you, none of you aspire to hypocrisy. None of you, uh, New Year's, comes around, and you're like, you know what I need to be more of this year? I need to be more of a hypocrite. I need to fake things more often. I need to say more stuff and do less stuff. None of you aspire to that. And Jesus is saying, stop. You don't want to be a hypocrite. You don't want that for you. So start with you. Do this for your sake. Like, start with you for your sake. Is, is the Holy Spirit pushing on anything right now in your life? You're like, I've been focusing on them and being critical of them, and I really have been willfully blind to. Like, do this for your sake. Do this for their sake. Like, you will actually be able to help them if you work on you. Otherwise, you're just going to be a judgy jerk. Do we need more judgy jerks in the world? Do we need more hypocrites in the world? Do we need more people that are like, you're falling short and you're falling short and you're falling short and you're falling short. And it's okay that I do because I have my reasons. Do this for your, do this for your sake. Do this for their sake. Like they need you to work on you so that you can help them. Do this for God's sake, because God doesn't need another Christian posting judgy things while they live a sinful life. God doesn't need another self-righteous, name-calling Christian that is angry at everyone else but refuses to deal with their own stuff. Do this for the glory of God. That his kids deal with their stuff. So do this for your sake. Do this for their sake. Do this for God's sake. So start with you, then help them. I mean that's here. Jesus does say, take the log out of your own eye. You know, he does say, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to help them. Like it is, it is helpful to help other people. Like it is, there is something to be said. Help them. But help them once you've worked on you. So, I mean, I think you, you would say, like, when you're struggling with a particular sin, and we talked about worry last week. We've talked about different sins as we've gone through the Sermon on the Mount. It really helps if you can go to someone and say, I'm struggling with this, and you know that they have been through it. And they are to the other side of it, and they can talk to you about it and say, well, this is how God has helped me through it. That would be a real blessing. So if you get through it, get to the other side of it, then you really can help other people get to the other side of it. But you've got to get to the other side of it by God's grace. Are you working on you so you can get to the other side of it? So you can help them get to the other side of it? Judge not, that you be not judged. For the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure that you use will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but you do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can, you take, or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when you have a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye. Then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Start with you, then help them. Then we come to this verse that you're like, what on earth can this mean? Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. What on earth can that mean? Well, it might help that to think of, in that day, dogs were not pets, like dogs are pets today. Dogs, you might think of more like raccoons, like scavengers, like black bears, like scavengers. that Don't feed them, or they'll turn on you and attack you. And so, he's not a compliment. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs. Of course, you know, this was... Written by a Jewish audience to a Jewish audience, and so they're, they're thinking like pigs, you think of Gentiles. And so I didn't help at all, did I? Like, what, what can this mean? Dogs and pigs, like, you have to think of people as dogs and pigs. What can that mean? I think what Jesus is saying here is there are some people that don't want to be helped. They've put themselves in the dog and pig category because they don't want to be helped. And when you give your pearls of precious truth or self-disclosure to them and say, "Man, I have bled on that. I can show you my wounds. Like I think I can help you." What they do is they turn on you and attack you because they don't want to be helped. They don't want to get better. They want to stay mad. They want to stay sick. They want to stay addicted. They want to stay hurting. They want to stay on the path they're on. And so they refuse to change. And Jesus says, if that's where they're going, then there's not a lot you can do for them. Let me show you this in Matthew chapter 10. If you'd like to turn there, you can. Otherwise, I'll just read it to you. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus is sending out the apostles, and in verse 14, he says to them, if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake the dust off your feet when you leave that house or the town. Truly I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. So he's like, you go in there, you preach, they're like, we hate you. Shut up. Go away. And so on your way out, you're like... And you leave. Because you're like, well, I guess that's on you. The Apostle Paul did something similar. When people refuse to hear him and refuse to hear him and refuse to hear him and they're persecuting him, he shakes out his robes and says, well, now your, blood's on, now your blood is on your own head. Like, it's not on mine anymore. I am innocent because I tried to share and you would not listen. So I think in the context here, Jesus is saying, start with you, then help them with discernment because not everybody wants to be helped. Not everybody is going to hear it and not everyone will even give you the time of day. And if they won't, they won't. That's up to them. But don't let that stop you from working on you. Don't let that stop you from fixing you. Don't let that stop you from bringing your stuff to Jesus. So, we began with this statement. I will start with And have you figured out how to finish that statement? I will start with me. I will start with me. Question. Is your life still pointed away from Jesus? Are there parts of your life where you're still doing your own thing, going your own way, living my kingdom come, my will be done? What would the Holy Spirit press on and say, you need to repent and you need to follow me? If you're going to start with you, where is Jesus calling you to start? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would give us the courage and the honesty to start with ourselves. Lord, I pray that you would pull us towards yourself and help us change what needs to be changed. Help us do this for our sake, for their sake, and for your sake. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.